0: On this Tuesday edition of Locked on Grizzlies, DeMichael Cole and I are back together again. And we are talking about what I hinted at on our Monday edition of the show. Hot seat time on this Tuesday. Taylor Jenkins, Zaire Williams, anybody else in Memphis whose seat should feel a little bit warmer this season than perhaps it did last year. We're going to talk about that and so much more on this edition of the podcast. Let's lock in
1: you are locked on grizzlies your daily memphis grizzlies podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: It is your team each and every day. I told you so, dear listener, dear viewer. I said that we'd be back with a Tuesday edition after the Monday edition. We're almost each and every day once again here on Lockdown Grizzlies. And you know what that means? The NBA season must be right around the corner. And another thing that you know what that means, hopefully more opportunity for DeMichael Cole and I to enjoy each other's company on the wonderful Locked On Podcast Network, to Michael Cole, of course, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. How are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great, Joe. It's, it's
1: good to be back with you, you know. Uh, and like you said, we're ramping up. We're getting to that point of the year. Only a couple more weeks until we're constantly back around the Grizzlies and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things will be going on. So uh, we'll have a bunch of great things to talk about. But you know what? There's a bunch of great things we can talk about today, too.
0: Yeah, training camp opens here in a couple of weeks. Exciting times. Obviously, the team will be without John Morant, which I mentioned a little bit on yesterday's episode of the show. But as I talked about on my, because I was solo, Monday edition of the podcast, I I came up with, you know, pat myself on the back like I do every once in a while, a topic that I thought would be good enough that I wanted to preview it yesterday and really kind of dive into it with you today because I knew we'd be back together again for the Tuesday edition of the show, the the idea of a hot seat, right? Somebody who should be feeling pressure to have better performance than perhaps they did previously. And I came up with two names in particular. And the one that we're going to lead off with today is one that you and I were both kind of head over heels for uh, last season. Somebody who we both envisioned as the sixth man type of scorer, lead reserve that was going to help the Grizzlies really kind of uh, cultivate their depth, be the catalyst for a wonderful run for Memphis in the postseason. Maybe we put a little too much on a sophomore in the NBA soldiers, but Zaire Williams, obviously coming up on contract extension time, what Memphis is going to do with this guy. Is he worth the investment that is going to have to come at some point? Is he worth the cap space, flirting closer and getting nudgier and nudgier to the luxury tax? I mean, there's an outside possibility to Michael that Jaron Jackson Jr. gets a five-year $300 million contract. uh, Yeah, we touched on it before. Right, so money's going to get tight here. It's not like they're not going to sign Jaron. They've obviously already signed Dez and Ja. It's about where the other money gets invested. It seems like a pretty important time for Zaire to show that he's worth that investment.
1: It's not only a pretty important time, but it's the time for him. He, he it has to be now. It's it's now or as they say now or never. Uh, you you just mentioned it with the extension talkers and things like that. When it comes to Zaire Williams, you look at when these guys were drafted, right? Jaron was drafted, then Ja, you know, uh, was drafted after that, and then you go know, to Desmond Bain. And, and that in and that group, and now guess who's up next? Zaire Williams. You know, we we saw Jerry get his extension, we saw Jogg get his, saw Des get his. Now, your top 10 pick, we saw Brandon Clark as well. Another first round pick got his. Uh, it's his time, it's his time now, and he has to show what he can bring to the table for the Grizzlies to feel that security in him being a long term part of this team for the foreseeable future. uh I, I'm I'm in between here, as you as you know, Joe. I've I've kind of alluded to when it comes to Zion Williams. When you talk about talent level, I see it. I see it. It's there. But when you talk about mixing that in with the Grizzlies' style of play and what the Grizzlies want him to do, we've said it a lot. You know, the Grizzlies. Taylor Jenkins going to preseason around this time last year. Actually, mm-hmm. what he said to us was three pointers and layups were going to be emphasized. Uh, for last season's Grizzlies team. Three-pointers and layups. Yeah. Well, guess what? When you got a team with, with guys like Dylan Brooks and Zaire Williams, let's take those two for example. As we saw it play out perfectly with Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks was basically turned into a 3-and-D guy and probably had his worst offensive year of his career. <laughs> Maybe the best defensive year, but the worst offensive year. Of his
0: career. It was pretty bad, yeah.
1: It was really bad. Then you go to Zaire Williams. Okay. He was, you know, the injuries and things like that all played a role. But, again, this is a guy, I think we have a large enough sample size to say he has proven that he can be efficient at the NBA level from the mid-range area, Uh, really just two-point percentage-wise. I mean, if you go back a couple years ago as a rookie, only Brandon Clark has had had a higher two-point shooting percentage the last two seasons for the Grizzlies than this guy. Only Brandon Clark. Like, I, I I don't think the Grizzlies are just accepting the fact that, hey, this is a guy that may have to be your DeMar DeRozan from a standpoint of where he gets his shots. Now, he's probably not going to average 25 points like DeMar DeRozan, but quality of his shots, it's the mid-range, it's getting to the basket. The three-pointers ain't really his thing, but the Grizzlies are emphasizing three-pointers and layups. So with that being the case, does he fit? My personal confidence level in his style is I think Zaire Williams can be a hooper can't be a hoop on the Grizzlies.
0: I'm not sure that he can. And, and that is one of the reasons that I really like this topic for today's episode is because these two are more intertwined than perhaps maybe you think. Because I'm sure when we talk about Taylor here in a little bit, that adjustment of scheme is pretty significant. Being able to mesh and match what your roster is capable of doing with what your vision for Grizzlies basketball is, is the head basketball coach. He, you know, the the three-pointer and the layup thing stands out in my memory, too. And he's trying to fit square pegs and round holes. Now, Dylan Brooks is no longer a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. So that problem is solved, in air quotes. But Zaire Williams is somebody that should be able to fit somewhere on this roster. And because he has never really been a three-point threat, because he is not someone who has the opportunity to get into rhythms in areas of the floor, where he is most comfortable. I'm not sure that Zaire is in a position to where he is ever going to be what the Grizzlies need him to be because Taylor Jenkins may not be capable of adjusting his scheme enough to allow for it to happen. So let let me ask you something, Joe, because do you think,
1: like, do you think Taylor Jenkins should allow him to, to play more of that game where he, he gets those pick and roll opportunities so we yes. we we both see that we both think that he well, should. and I
0: I like versatility like you and I have talked about before. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to fall into the trap of this is the modern NBA and we're going to attack twos at the at the basket. So let me be devil's threes, advocate,
1: and that's all we're going to do. Let me be devil's advocate real quick, then, because when I think about surrounding John Morant, when I think about Des- surrounding Desmond Bain, sure. What if I say? What if I say Zaire Williams' skill set? It's it's it helps. You know, you can he can play with him. It's been the proof's in the pudding. Right. You go back to his rookie year when he Mm -hmm. started alongside those guys. The Grizzlies played well. But let's take it a step further. If we're talking about the playoffs and things like that. What if I say the addition of having another guy who's going to stretch the floor a little bit more than Zion Williams from three point range probably helps you a little bit more when you're playing alongside of John Morant, Dana Zaire Williams at this point of his career from a floor spacing perspective, because you talk about Zaire Williams as a guy who, I mean, his three point percentage numbers are below league average to mm-hmm. this point. And John Morant, as we've said in the past, I feel like he's at his best when he has more shooters surrounded with him. When you put Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard on the floor, along with Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, he's getting to the rim. But when you keep a guy like Zaire Williams on the floor, you're opening up that hey, he can you know we can help off of Zaire Williams when you have Desmond Bain on the floor. Hey, we can help off of Zaire Williams, and 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 you open you leave that window open for teams being able to you know attack the Grizzlies that way. So what if I say Zaire Williams? He has a decent looking stroke. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to baby him into thinking hey, you just gotta he just gotta be a better uh, shooter. I think the Grizzlies should give him those opportunities, but at the same time. He needs to become a better shooter for sure.
0: I think that the Grizzlies, if they're not going to use him the way that he is best utilized, they should trade him. And I don't necessarily think that Zaire Williams is a bad basketball player. You know, the idea of a hooper, uh, you and I have had conversations about on here before. Uh, If he is a hooper, that's fine. I'm cool with allowing him to hoop. But if you're not going to let him do the things that he's best at, at some point, you stop slamming your head against the wall. And you just move on from the guy. Coaching one hundred and one, right? Isn't fitting into what you want to do. It is professional oh. basketball. They have the ability to get other talent, and if they really cared about three point shots that much, they should have drafted Trey Murphy the third in the first place because cool. that guy was always a better three point prospect than Zaire <laughs> Williams. But I digress. I I want to stress that I like Zaire. You and I have talked about that. We're still on the Zaire train. I am officially in the camp that my confidence in him is low as long as Taylor Jenkins' ability to utilize him properly is low. Speaking of Taylor Jenkins, is this a year where the Grizzlies perhaps realize that Jenkins is the guy before the guy, the Mark Jackson before the Steve Kerr, however you want to describe it? Is that scenario going to play out in Memphis? We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. Player props, over-unders, and so much more. So, what are you waiting for? Visit fanduel.com/slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Taylor Jenkins, how hot is his seat? We'll talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts of uh Bluff City Media, Grizzlies columnists, over for that website, as well as a Every once in a while, contributor to SB Nation, joined by my partner, my co-host, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Very glad to be back with DeMichael talking Grizzlies basketball once again. And we just mentioned how Zaire Williams, perhaps in a pretty significant season for himself with his future in Memphis and maybe even the NBA at large, I think usually when you're a lottery talent, somebody's going to give you another chance, but Again, we're nearing extension season in terms of what kind of money Zaire could get. Taylor Jenkins isn't necessarily in a similar boat because obviously he's a coach and the players like Zaire have different contracts. But I do think that we're approaching now to Michael, especially since, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about this later, especially since you've made the trade for Marcus Smart. You're clearly interested in competing now. Progress isn't linear. We've made that comment numerous times here on Lockdown Grizzlies. I do think that regression also meets that point of progress, right? Mm -hmm. Like if this team doesn't improve, if they don't diversify their half-court offense, if they don't find ways to address rebounding issues with Steven Adams out, if they can't develop a scheme, especially in terms of scoring the basketball, that is so dependent on a player like Luke Kennard that they're going to fall apart in a game six against the Los Angeles Lakers out in L.A., I am a very big Taylor Jenkins fan, bigger mm-hmm. Taylor Jenkins fan than I am as I Williams fan, but is this a year, even with all the turmoil that the team is still facing, that if the Grizzlies were to regress again, is Taylor Jenkins' job in jeopardy, do you think?
1: This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. And I think with Taylor Jenkins, it's it's not a, a linear answer to this question, because For last season, for example, we both can point to the raw uh, result of the fact that the Grizzlies lost in the first round a year after they advanced to the second round, despite having the same seed, the number two seed. When you take it a step further, you can say, well, the Grizzlies ended up going against one of the biggest teams in the NBA, and they didn't have their big men. They didn't have Brandon Clark. They didn't have Steven Adams. And uh, that was a problem. It showed up throughout that series. Uh, you can also say, well, the Grizzlies found something in game five with Luke Kennard and then he got hurt and didn't play in game six. Uh, so there are so many ways you can attack that. But here's what I want to see. And I haven't said this in any of the previous episodes where we talked about Taylor Ooh. Jenkins and what he could bring. What he could bring this season. I haven't said this yet, Joe. I'm, I'm going to your I'm football excited. coach. Everybody out there knows Joe's football coach. Joe, this is what I love about the best football coaches in the world. Uh, you think about you know, the greatest football coaches out there. Football, more injuries happen in football. When your number one receiver isn't playing, now you can't throw that guy the ball 15 times a game. Mm-hmm. Now you have to re-revitalize your entire game plan. And guess what? People are gonna expect the offense to still put up numbers. So Kyle Shanahan, when, the, when he doesn't have uh when he doesn't have Kittle or, or when he doesn't have Debo Samuel, he sure. just says he, okay, now you go to the next option, build the offense around that player or the next skill set, or mm-hmm. when Matt LaFleur, my guy, I love Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers, when, when he didn't have Devontae Adams, which again, remember the Packers at one point were undefeated, uh, 7-0, 8-0, something like that, and games Devontae mm-hmm. Adams didn't play. Basically, the point here is I want to see Taylor Jenkins this season show, okay, when each of these guys, as you just mentioned it, you you, you touched on something really important. When Steven Adams is out the game, the Grizzlies, you want to see the Grizzlies still be a great rebounding team. I don't really wholeheartedly agree with that, but I want to see the Grizzlies revamp their playing style. When when, when Steven Adams went out, they tried to be the same exact team as right. Steven Adams in the game. Mm-hmm. That is not indicative of good coaching to me. That's where we can see him rise Steven Adams goes out the game? Okay, no problem. We're going to play small ball a little bit more. We're going to get up and down. We're going to completely change some things around. Because guess what? Rebounding isn't our strength anymore. Instead of saying, well, we don't have Steven Adams, but guess what? We got Xavier Tillman, and we're still going to try to be the best rebounding team in NBA. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Steven Adams is one of one. He's the Grizzlies' all-time offensive rebounding leader in a single season for a reason. You can't just next man up it. You know, when John ja Morant goes out of the game, uh, your paint scoring is going to lose a touch. When Desmond Bain goes out of the game, you're going to lose some of your, your transition scoring. You're going to lose some of your spacing, you know, from the shooting guard position. Like, I want to see when Marcus Smart goes out of the game, you're going to lose some defensive versus two. The point is, I want to see, okay, we lost this guy. We got to completely revitalize some things. Instead of just saying, oh, next man up, and the Grizzlies come out running the same exact plays or they come out playing the same exact defensive style when you don't like – you're not going to put David Roddy on uh, – if he's starting at the four in place of Jaron Jackson Jr., you're not going to make him some roamer on defense, right? So I want to I want to see, you know, that basically. If Taylor Jenkins can show me, okay, when Ja is playing, we can adjust and play like this. When this guy's out, when Steven Adams is out, we're not going to be the best rebounding team. We're probably not even going to be a top-ten rebounding team. But guess what? We can make up for it in other areas where now we get stronger in Steven Adams' weaknesses. That's what I want to see.
0: It's almost like if it was the Atlanta Hawks when Michael Vick was in his prime. Yep. And Michael Vick gets hurt, and you replace him with a comparable player who's nowhere near that level of talent, like, say, Tyrod Taylor. Right. And I know we're going mm-hmm. a little bit deep cut in terms of football here on Lockdown On Grizzly. Yeah, shout out to the football but, fans out there. Right. But you're, you're r- trying to replace an elite talent with a similar style of athlete who is not as good at the same things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think where you and I agree, we're just getting there to different places. When Stephen Adams is out, you have to gang rebound. Right. You have to be a team rebound that attacks the glass. And that's where that change in style comes from that you're referencing. Maybe we have disagreements on the type of style, which is fine. I'm saying that I agree with you. It can't just be more of the same when Steven Adams is gone. It can't be more of the same with John Morant out. You can't have Marcus smart as your starter and expect him to do the things that John Morant does. You want to talk about one of one. John (laughs) Morant is the definition of one of one in terms of what he brings to the modern NBA. So, I am with you in that respect. I do worry about Taylor Jenkins because he's had numerous opportunities to show that growth and it hasn't Mm -hmm. come yet. Is his hand going to be forced because of John Morant's absence? Perhaps. I mean, this is an extended, he's not going to be around, right? This is basically a third of the NBA season that they are going to be jawless. So, and
1: and I think, I think we can add to that,
0: by the way, I, I
1: want to make sure that we point this out before we switch to segments with Tyus mm-hmm. Jones. That's the perfect example. That is the one example. When Tyus Jones entered that offense, it looked very different. different. It mm-hmm. was humming. We saw the stats, the assist numbers were completely different. The number of passes or uh, the three point shooting numbers, like it looked like a different offense, it's but possible. it's possible.
0: It's possible. Tyus is a major piece of that and a major good example of that and, Unfortunately, we won't have the opportunity to build a larger sample size for that until Jaws return, which won't come until around Christmas time. So it'll be a worthwhile gift as long as is able to stay on the straight and narrow. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we will finish up our conversation for this Tuesday edition of the show. If there's any other Grizzlies organization members that are on the hot seat, I think we can agree on Zaire and Taylor Jenkins to varying degrees, but is there anyone else who's, uh, Bottom should be a little bit warm from the seat that they're filling. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical is really impressive in terms of what they bring to the table medical-wise, right? Everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code On at checkout on jasemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com promo code locked on when we come back we're finishing up our hot seat conversation who else has a seat that is getting warm we'll talk about that next here on lockdown grizzlies welcome back to lockdown grizzlies i am your host joe mullinax joined by my co-host to michael cole a wonderful tuesday edition of the show happy tuesday to you Free and available wherever you get your podcast as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Again, very happy to be able to say that with DeMichael and I, one of the two of us or both of us together, will be gracing your podcast and YouTube presence just about every day moving forward as the season approaches. So excited for that as we get a little bit closer to basketball being back for the NBA at least. Uh, DeMichael, we'll get out of here on this. We talked about Zaire Williams, we talked about Taylor Jenkins two guys that I think you can make legitimate arguments for being on the hot seat in Memphis. Is there anybody else that comes to your mind in terms of who might be in a similar spot to a lesser extent? I think Zach Kleiman, not necessarily that his job is on the line because he just got an extension and he was you know, executive of the year a couple of years ago. They're not going to do better than Zach Kleiman. So I'm not sure that's on the table. It's heat. Uh, it, it's a heat check, so to speak in terms of the hot seat because it's the first time that he's made a move where he gives up first round picks to bring in a veteran, right? Marcus Smart is here now, and that was a decision by Zach Kleiman. I said on this show and everywhere that I've done Grizzlies content that I was not going to judge the Grizzlies as a true championship contender until they made a championship contender move. Marcus Smart, in my opinion, was that move. That just ups the ante in terms of accountability. Not necessarily that he's going to get fired, but I'm keeping a closer eye on, okay, they're no longer a rebuilding team that's just really good at rebuilding. They want to contend now, so I would say climate, but that's a bit of a cop out because, like I said, I don't think he's going to get fired, nor should he.
1: Yeah, and, and and get you know going on with your point there, it would be a one year away you know from that conversation. I, right. I think basically you can. I think it's okay to say you know that his seat is 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 would be lukewarm because if you look at the last you know the last couple drafts now. Uh, you talk about, you know, Zaire Williams, like we've said this is a big year for Zaire Williams. Well, there's a direct correlation to this being a big year for climbing because of that as well. You talk about the other guys who you who I would say the Grizzlies need to step up just as much as anyone. It's Jake Moravia. It's David Roddy. You need at least one of those guys to become a player because that three spot, uh, not even just in the starting lineup, but on the bench as well. Somebody's got to produce that. Somebody has got to produce and consistently, or you know, mo- on most nights. So uh, again, Zach Climate, two first-round picks uh, with those guys, plus a top-10 pick with Zaire Williams. Like you're going to need uh, something to 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 kind of click uh, on one of those guys. So I think if each of those guys have a tough season, there will be a conversation that potentially needs to be had. You know, at the conclusion of the season. But uh, going to the another direction, I don't see uh, that many Grizzlies players, quote, unquote, being on a hot seat. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take some heat off of you real quick. How about Ooh. that? How about we're going to make Joe. Nice. We're going to make Joe Mugnack's seat a little bit cooler because I'm going to I'm going to say something that that you've probably kind of hinted at or said in the past. But uh, people aren't used to me saying this, uh, but it's the player to watch. I think is Kenneth Lofton Jr. What the player to watch? I, yes, just the wa- now. Like now, now, granted, you you go back just a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was saying that this guy potentially could be, you know, an answer at the center position, and I know?
0: was rolling my eyes pretty heavily, and,
1: and, and you were, you were. So that's to say that the wide range of potential uh options for Kenneth Walker Junior. Right. is is more than anyone else on the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starter one day. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just on another team because the Grizzlies just don't have another spot uh, for his skill set. So with all that being said, you look at how full the roster is. You look at the spots. Center is a spot that even though Brandon Clark has an injury, even though Stephen Adams has an injury, uh, contract-wise and talent-wise, they're kind of well off, at least right now for the foreseeable future. Uh, I think – that's the guy that has to do something and he has to give himself the opportunity there's no way that Kenneth Lofton Jr should be just riding the pine this year and giving guys high fives because if that's the case then you have to wonder is he valuable to this team because the Grizzlies are going to be really good this year i think so at least so if the Grizzlies are really good and he's riding the pine is there you know they're going to have to open up roster spot somewhere like look at the look at the roster they most of these guys are under contract for the foreseeable future, somebody's roster spot is going to have to go. And when you talk about hot seat, I think from the Grizzlies team perspective, it's who's going to be that guy. If Zaire Weaves doesn't have a good year, that could be him. But the guy that I would think of next is right along the lines. I know some people want to say John Conchar, but again, when I say these takes, I think in the mind of Taylor Jenkins. I think about the conversations we've had with Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins likes the role that John Conchar plays with mm-hmm. that team. We haven't seen him like the role that Kenneth Lofton Jr. has played because Kenneth Lofton Jr. hasn't had that chance yet.
0: That's very true. It's uh, Conchar has reached Grayson Allen status, uh, in the eyes of I love teams. when you give that comparison. <laughs> well, it's true on a variety of levels, obviously. Uh, but it's especially true just in terms of the security blanket aspect, right? Yeah. it's perfect. It's perfect experience. It's I just wish you would stop playing Conchar. I, I am not as sold on it being a majorly important year for Kenneth Lofton Jr. Because I don't see him. And and we were able to agree to disagree. I just don't see him as that important to this Grizzlies team. If they're counting on Kenneth Lofton Jr., something's gone horribly wrong in terms of Stephen Adams is hurt. Brandon Clark's not coming back on time. You know, Xavier Tillman is injured or has regressed. You know, there's multiple things and multiple guys that would have gone backwards throughout the entire scope of the season for that to play out, but it's possible. And, and I do think that to your point, and it kind of brings us back around to the Zach climate concept. Uh-huh. They waived a, a, a guard that they took in the second round, gave near historic money in a second round pick, I believe Kennedy Chandler. Right. And they, yeah. they waved this guy to bring in a big to play in the playoffs because they were so thin in the front court. Obviously, Kenny, correct me if I'm wrong, Kennedy Chandler hasn't been scooped up or swooped yeah. up by anybody. So maybe the, the Grizzlies just missed in the draft process in terms of him being an NBA player. But at the same time, it, it's there is a grander public pressure than I think anybody expected for that guy to play and play well. And if he does or doesn't, it will yeah. be connected to climate in a pretty hilarious way, at least hilarious in my opinion. Uh, thank you all so much for checking us out and being with us on this Tuesday edition of lockdown Grizzlies again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the lockdown podcast network, your team each and every day. You can also check us out on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things to Michael. I recently had an opportunity to record an episode of the points of the paint podcast, and I'm not going to give away too much from the stadium show because you know, we had some good conversation. And it'll come out in snippets and that sort of thing over the next few days. But they asked me a question that I thought would be a pretty solid topic for an episode of Lockdown Grizzlies that maybe we can address on our Wednesday episode. How do you feel about looking at uh, the way that this team could have success, have failure? maybe some hot takes. We can just kind of have an overall hot take of Palooza in terms of, you know, maybe positive ways that things could go really well, negative ways that things could go really poorly, maybe individual players. You know, I, I hesitate to say, let's just get crazy with it because I feel like (laughs) my normal takes are hot takes and I don't want to, you know, scorch earth uh, our podcast, but maybe we liven things up a little bit in terms of going uh, above and beyond in terms of the take. The next time we like,
1: go. I like it. And you know, it's, it's gonna be fun for the viewers because I mean, if you you listen to Joe Mullenak's talk, Joe Joe Molnick's going to another level is is borderline Ooh. volcano eruption. Like it's, it's 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 gonna get hotter than hot. But uh I think it's about that time. We're about two weeks out. Two weeks of the season gets here. So it's about that time to to really dive into how things could go this season uh, with this team.
0: I think it's a good time to have some some spice on this podcast, and I'm looking forward to doing just that with my wonderful partner, DeMichael Cole, on our next edition of the show. So, again, that's DeMichael Cole, the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I am Joe Molinax of Bluff City Media, and, of course, we are both of Lockdown Grizzlies, and we are so grateful to you, dear listener, dear viewer, for checking in with us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay locked in. This is Lockdown Grizzlies.